Hello there! Thanks for listening to the Elevate Christian Church podcast. We exist as a church to connect people with God and each other. Today's message comes to us from our lead minister and preacher, Kevin Barton. We hope this inspires you, grows you, and challenges you in your faith and your walk with Jesus. Enjoy! Uh, We're going to continue with our series. We've been preaching through the book of James uh, for several months now. And we're going to continue to do that in our series entitled Alive and Well. Uh, we simply want your faith in Jesus Christ to be alive and well. And so last week we started a series within the series, a sub-series if you will, on the subject of patience. And James is right in the middle of talking to us about the importance of being patient. Now, I have to admit to you that I struggle sometimes with my patience. I've struggled my entire life with being patient. I remember watching my dad build these models, like car models, except they weren't cars. They were tractor and trailer models. Uh, my, my dad has been a truck driver my entire life, and he would buy these models and he would construct them. He would give them custom paint jobs. He would fill in every little intricate detail uh, with paint. Uh, it was amazing because he would actually replicate through models some of his favorite trucks that he owned in the past. Uh, these things were just intricate works of art. Well, I decided that I was going to build a model after watching my dad do it all these years. And so uh, I went down to the store and I bought like a little Ford Mustang model and brought it home, took it out of the box and began to read the instructions, which really looked like rocket science to me. And I looked at all the little integral parts and pieces and the glue that I had to use. And I began to construct the model. About 20 minutes in, I was trying to get this little piece on, it wouldn't stick, and so I'd finally had enough, and I snapped it, and before I knew it, the model ended up in the trash can. I threw it away. You know, it may not be model cars for you, but, but chances are, you're like me. You have lost your patience on occasion, and you may continue to lose it from time to time. Maybe it's not with model cars, perhaps you lose your patience with your spouse, or your children, or children, maybe you are losing your patience with your parents. At work, maybe you can't tolerate your boss or your coworkers. Perhaps you lose patience when you watch other drivers drive along the road. Maybe it's long lines. For some of you, it's obeying traffic laws that really try your patience. Or maybe you have lost your patience during seasons of trials and suffering. I think all of us struggle to be patient in some areas during some times in our lives. Well, here's what James instructed us last week. James 5, 7, and 8. He says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives early and late rains. You also be patient patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. And so last week we looked at the example that James gave us of the farmer. To be a farmer requires a lot of patience. 
you have to plant something in the ground and then rely on the good gifts of God to make it grow. You have to have just the right amount of rain, not too much or too little. You have to have the right amount of sun. You have to pray for no drought or no forest fires or no early frost. You have to hope that no bugs come in and damage the crop. And then maybe after a long period of time, you will yield a harvest. And so James was showing us that it takes a lot of patience to be a farmer. Well, today he's going to give us a second illustration on patience. He's going to talk about the Old Testament prophets. He's going to tell us they're an example to us on how to be patient. And so right after he mentions the patience of the farmer, he writes this in James chapter 5, verse 10. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. You know, there's a lot in this little verse right here. We may not see it right away, but this is an awesome verse of Scripture. Essentially, what James is saying is that we need to look to the prophets if we want to learn a lesson on what it means to remain patient. Because the prophet of God would speak what would happen in the future, and then he would have to wait to be proved right. Not to mention that God had the Old Testament prophets doing some really crazy things. I mean, you want to talk about the need for patience? To be an Old Testament prophet of God, you had to be very, very patient. And so I'd like to dive into that for just a few minutes. Because James tells us that an example of suffering and patience are the prophets of the Old Testament. So what kind of examples can we draw about patience as it relates to the Old Testament prophets? Well, before we get into that, I want you to remember way back when we started this series that James is writing to a Jewish audience who would have been well-versed and the meaning of how much patience it took to be a prophet of old. So this verse meant a lot to them. You and I are probably not as versed in how meaningful this passage really is. Because to be a prophet of God, man, you had to be crazy, crazy patient. Because two things were true of all of God's prophets. Number one, you were going to have to wait long periods of time. And number two, you were going to suffer. So I'd like to take a few minutes to examine just how patient a prophet of God had to be. So I want to give you an example of six different prophets really quickly. And I want you to see how they had to remain patient and steadfast. We'll start off with Elijah. We've been talking about Elijah during this series because James references him a lot. He's an Old Testament prophet. And if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the fact that God came to Elijah and said, listen, you're going to pray and then I'm going to withhold rain from the nation of Israel because they are evil and they are wicked. And when I tell you, you're going to pray again and finally rain will fall to the earth. Well, Elijah had to endure this drought for three and a half years, the whole time being on, uh, on run for his life. And as we said, can you imagine 
how difficult things would be if we didn't receive rain for three and a half years. All our crops would fail. Our population would dwindle because the resources would be limited. Well, this is what Elijah is living. He was hungry like everyone else. He was thirsty like everyone else. He had to wait three and a half years for this promise to be fulfilled. Just in passing, James mentions it in James 5, 17 and 18. Elijah was a man with a nature just like ours. He prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it didn't rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave its rain, and the earth bore its fruit. I mean, that takes a lot of patience. We can hardly wait three and a half minutes, not to mention three and a half years. The second prophet I want to show you is the prophet Ezekiel. Ezekiel is this really amazing character in the Bible, and, and God comes to Ezekiel and he says, Hey, prophet of God, I've got a really, really important job for you, Ezekiel. And Ezekiel says, I'm down, I'm ready. What is it? What is this big job you have for me? How do you want to reveal yourself to your people through me? God says, well, I'm glad you're asked. Here's what I want you to do. Are you ready? Ezekiel says, yes, I want you to lay down. What? Lay down? Yeah, just lay down. We find it in Ezekiel 4, verses 4 through 6. God says, lie on your left side and the place the punishment of the house of Israel upon it. For the number of days you lie on it, you shall bear their punishment. For I assign to you a number of days, 390 days, equal to the number of years of their punishment. So long shall you bear the punishment of the house of Israel. And when you have completed these, you shall lie down a second time, but on your right side, and bear the punishment of the house of Judah. Forty days I assign to you, a day for each year. Okay, so here's the big job for my prophet, Ezekiel. I need you to lay down and stay on your left side for 390 days. I mean, you want to talk about the world's worst quarantine. 390 days to represent the punishment that would befall on the nation of Israel. And you can imagine when the 390 days were over, God says, all right, now just turn over. And I've got good news. You're going to lay on your right side, but it's only going to be for 40 days, which represents the 40 years of punishment to the, na the nation of Judah. I mean, can you imagine 430 days? We're in this quarantine about two and a half months, this whole social distancing thing, and I'm over it. But can you imagine not only not leaving your house, but not leaving your bed, not leaving your side for 430 days. Ezekiel learned a lot about being a patient man. He learned what it meant to wait on the Lord. We could also look at another Old Testament prophet, the prophet Isaiah, probably one of my favorite Old Testament prophets. He was this awesome prophet of God. He had many highs and many lows in his life. But he was faithful to God and he was awarded by God. He was rewarded by God, actually, to see some amazing miracles. In answer to one of Isaiah's prayers, God actually took the sun and moved it ten steps back as a sign that King Hezekiah 
would live another 15 years. There's all kinds of amazing stuff that happened through the prophet Isaiah. And we have a tendency to always want to focus on the amazing things the prophets did. But I want you to see this. Look what God asked him to do in Isaiah 20, verses 2 and 3. At the time, the Lord spoke to Isaiah, the son of Amoz, saying, Go and loose the sackcloth from your waist, and take off your sandals from your feet. And he did so, walking, don't miss this, naked and barefoot. Verse 3, Then the Lord said, As my servant Isaiah has walked naked and barefoot for three years as a sign against Egypt. Okay, so here's your job, Isaiah. I want you to take all your clothes off, take your sandals off, and I want you to walk around Jerusalem. I want you to walk around the city preaching naked. Well, that's, cra- that's crazy. That's weird. How long do you want me to do this? Three years. And you're going to do this to prove a point that Egypt's going to be judged. I can imagine Isaiah saying, well, can we do this with my clothes on? Nope. As a matter of fact, I also want you to take your sandals. You're going to go barefoot. Walking around, preaching for three years, naked. I want you to imagine, and for visual, you can imagine me not naked, please. Uh, Imagine me in my boxer briefs. Imagine I say to you, the Lord has spoken to me, and I I need to walk around barefoot in my boxer briefs uh, in the city of Hiram preaching repentance for three years. Think about the commotion that would cause. Think about how many times the police would pick me up. Think about how many times I would have to go to jail. Think about how many people would drive by and say, man, there's that crazy guy. He's walking around uh, in his underwear preaching the word of God. This guy is is a maniac. I would be remembered, but probably not for the right thing. And so you want to talk about patience. Isaiah, the prophet, was stripped and naked. And so no wonder James says, hey, you want to learn a lesson on patience? Let's start looking at the examples of the prophets of old. Hosea is another one. Hosea is this prophet of God and he's minding his own business. And look what God asked him to do. Hosea chapter 1 verse 2. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. All right, I want you to prove a point to my people, Hosea. So I want you to go find an adulterous woman. I want you to find a woman who's been around the block. I want you to find a woman who you know is not going to be faithful to you. I want you to marry her and I want her to bear your children. You know, being married to a promiscuous person has to require a lot of patience. Knowing that it is not a matter of if they will cheat on you, but when they will cheat on you, or when they will cheat on you again. That has to be incredibly difficult. So, he marries this woman. She's got a lovely name. Her name is Gomer. All right? And the Bible tells us that they have three kids together. One of which we know is Hosea's. The other two, we're not sure they're even his children because she's an unfaithful wife. 
And so just to test Hosea's patience a little more, God is going to instruct him, tell him, here's what I want you to name your children. So the first one comes along, it's a boy, it is Hosea's child. They went on Jerry Springer, had a DNA test, he tested positive, it was his child. And God said, here's what I want you to name your son. You ready? Yep. Name him, I will break Israel. Now think about Rocky IV and the, the scene between the Russian and Rocky, and the Russian says, I must break you. All right, I, can, I imagine that voice. And so this is the kid's name, I will break Israel. Well, then a girl comes along, and God says, here's what you're going to name your little girl, not loved. What? Yeah, name your daughter, not loved. And then finally another boy comes along, and God says, I want you to name this son, not my people. All right, so let me get this straight. I'm married to an unfaithful wife. You're, you want me to name my children. I will break Israel, not loved, and not my people. How could this get any worse? Well, Gomer, his wife, leaves him for another man. And I believe when the man had finished using her for his purposes, he actually sold her back into prostitution, back into sex slavery. You know, once a cheater, always a cheater. And so Hosea, God tells him, you've got to go back and you've got to get your wife, Gomer. Hosea tracks her down and he, he goes to this guy and he says, hey, I, I, I need my wife back and I have my wife back. And he says, no, 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 you can't have her back. But you can buy her back. This is my wife. I have to buy her back even though she was unfaithful to me? Yep. And so Hosea pays 15 pieces of silver and 10 bushels of grain to get her back. Now, we can look from this side of the cross back to that and we can see all the symbolism there. The name Hosea means my Savior. And so God is saying, listen, my people are unfaithful. They worship other gods. They're like a promiscuous bride. I love them, but they continue to cheat on me. So I will break them. I will bring justice down on them. Why? Because I am unloved. My people have forsaken me. They don't love me anymore. And for a while... I will not be their God. They will not be my people. I will turn them over to these other pagan gods, but it will not go well with them. They will end up in bondage because that always happens. Sin always equals bondage. Sin always equals being chained up. Sin always equals being imprisoned. But I'm going to buy them back at a great price even though they're unfaithful. I mean, that's the gospel preached in Hosea. But Hosea didn't know it at that time. He was on that side of the cross. He was dealing with a family crisis that required a godly amount of patience. Again, I hope you see why James brings up the examples of the Old Testament prophets when he speaks to us about patience. Let me do two more, and we'll go very, very quickly for time's sake. One is Jeremiah. Jeremiah is known as the weeping prophet. He's crying all the time. We get this from his writing, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 1, where he writes these words. Oh, that my head were waters, 
and my eyes a fountain of tears, that I might weep day and night for the slain of the daughter of my people. A lot of scholars believe that Jeremiah suffered from depression, perhaps even bipolar disorder. His grief ran deep. He was sad a lot. Well, Jeremiah preached a message to God's people that they didn't want to hear. They were fat and happy and comfortable, and he told them that judgment is coming, and they didn't want to hear it, so here's what they did. They tied a rope around him, and they lowered him into the deepest well they could find. It was all dried up. There wasn't a lot of water, and it was just mud at the bottom. And they left him there to die. They thought, well, he'll either starve to death first, or maybe it'll rain, and it'll flood the well, and he'll drown. But we're just going to leave him there to die. And he had to wait and wait and wait on the Lord. I'm your servant, and I ended up at the, in, a, in the bottom of a pit where people have left me to die. And that had to take an incredible amount of patience. And then finally, maybe the, the most well-known story to you is the prophet Daniel. Daniel was this incredible man of God. He loved God wholeheartedly. He served God. But Daniel was going to be placed in the lion's den. His crime his, for execution was he was praying to God. He was obeying God. He was loving God. He was serving God. So they gathered Daniel up, they took him down to the local zoo, and they said, we're going to put you in a pit where the lions are. We haven't fed them for a long time, and they're going to devour you. Well, we know the story. God closed the mouth of the lions, and Daniel was unscathed. But on and on we could go. Every prophet in the Old Testament has a story like this. So to be a prophet of God, you had to be patient. Because to be a prophet of God, your life had to match your message. And you see, when your life matches your message, especially when you are in Jesus Christ, there are going to be times that require a whole lot of patience. So if I could, let me take you back to the book of James, the verse we started with, James chapter 5, verse 10. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Again, James is saying here, my friends, follow the example of the prophets who spoke for the Lord. They were patient, hear me now, even when they had to suffer. And so when you grow tired, when your soul is worn out, when you feel like, I can't take this anymore, when you're about to explode, when you're about to go bonkers and lose your patience, James is saying, wait a minute now, remember the prophets of old. Right? And so like if you're going through some type of spiritual drought where you are dry and you are empty and you can't remember the last time you heard from God, you, you feel spiritually like a desert. Remember the prophets. Remember Elijah because he was a man with a nature just like yours. Remember the rain is coming. Your soul will be refreshed. There will be growth again. There can be fruit again. Be patient. Don't quit. When you go through seasons of convalescence, when you're bedridden, when you're down, when it seems like your sick days 
are outnumbering the days that you feel better. Remember the prophets. Remember Ezekiel laying there day after day for 420 days. But God did rise him up. He did move on. And one way or another, God is going to bring healing to you. So don't lose heart. When you feel stripped down and naked... When your pride is just absolutely stripped away. When you feel like you have lost all your dignity. When God has stripped you to the core, remember the prophets. Remember Isaiah, who walked through the streets for three years, naked, preaching God's word. Remember that Isaiah was the one that says that our own Righteousness is like filthy rags and God is going to strip those rags away from us and he's going to cover us with a new covering that comes through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ. When you feel unloved or unlovely, when you know your sin is great and your greatest source of frustration is you, and you feel like a failure over and over again, remember the prophets. Remember Hosea. Remember his name means salvation. Remember he was patient with his bride. And God is patient with you. Remain steadfast. Don't give up. When life is the pits, when all you want to do is lay in bed and cry, when you feel like you're alone in a pit of despair, remember the prophets. Remember Jeremiah. He sat in that pit of despair, but God rescued him and reinstated him because he remained steadfast and patient, and God does the same for us. When you feel the lions of your life closing in, when you either want to run or do the exact opposite, you're just paralyzed by all of your fears. Remember the prophets. Remember Daniel. Remember that God closed the mouths of the hungry lions. Remember that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me says the Lord. All the prophets suffered immeasurably, but they remained persistent, steadfast, and patient. We take heed to the advice of James. We remember the prophets, how they suffered, but also how they persevered. And practiced patience. We use that as an example. When life knocks us down, we get right back up. Walter Payton is perhaps the greatest running back the NFL has ever seen. I remember watching him as a kid. I mean, this guy could run, man. His, he was like a gazelle. He was just sweet and smooth. In fact, his nickname was sweetness. One reporter said, quote, he runs so sweet it gives me cavities just watching him, end of quote. Well, he played his entire career for the Chicago Bears, and in that career he ran for over 16,000 rushing yards from the line of scrimmage. Well, during his last season, a Monday night football game between the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants, 
one of the observers noted that in his career, Walter Payton had run over nine miles of rushing yardage. The other announcer remarked something profound. Here's what he said. Yeah, and that's with someone knocking him down every 4.6 yards. He'd have to get up and run again and get knocked down and get up and run again and get knocked down. Walter Payton, the most successful running back ever, knows that everyone, even the best of us, get knocked down. The key to success is to get up and run just as hard. We all get knocked down. We all miss shots. We all lose from time to time. We all blow it. The key is to get back up, to practice patience and perseverance, to follow the example of the prophets. No matter what life throws our way, we remain steadfast, just like the patience of old. I leave you with one final verse. James chapter 1. This is how we started the series off months ago. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces, I love this word, steadfastness. It produces patience. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. We hope you enjoyed listening to our podcast today. If you'd like to learn more about Elevate or partner with us in what God is doing here, check out our website at elevatecc.com. Until next time, God bless you and thanks again.